Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Level Up, the esports and gaming show with me, Nathan Bliss, esports and gaming writer at Reach PLC. Joining me on Level Up this week, I'm delighted to say is Leah Ravel, content creator for SAF. Leah, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and chat with me today. But first of all, how are you? I'm well. I'm very well. It's been a week of really great weather, team of the season, not great content, unfortunately, but I'm well. I'm really happy to be here. Good. And when you say weather, whereabouts are you you based? I am located in Ottawa, Canada. And (laughs) contrary to popular belief, it's not always snow and cold year round, (laughs) but uh, it um, has been in the 30s for the last few days. Yesterday was actually like 41 with the humidix. So I stayed inside for most of the day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And uh, we will get on to FIFA. I know you just mentioned the team of the season content. We'll get on to that. But I wanted to start, first of all, with your history with, with gaming, really, and how you came to be a content creator. So can you just tell me a bit more about, you know, your early life with gaming and the experiences you, you had with those? Yeah, totally. So I have always played some variation of video games since I was a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, I, you know, played everything from Rayman to Guitar Hero to, you know, Call of Duty when I was a little bit older. Um, so I've had my fair share of experience with those kinds of games. Um, FIFA specifically, I got into in FIFA 17, I believe was my first one. Um, and even then I was more of a casual player. I didn't really play foot champs. Um, I wasn't, you know, I, I frankly don't think I was good enough to at that time to be playing on the competitive side. And uh, yeah, so I have always kind of been interested in video games and obviously now moving into more of a content creator role or position, I'm focused a lot more on video games being a very big part of my life along with work. Essentially, I work all day and then I play video games all night. So (laughs) I mean, I know... I mean, I don't know because I don't do content creation or anything, but I can presume that it's like it's a lot of hard work. So to do that as well as doing a full time job, that's that's got to be taking a bit out of you, hasn't it? Every day. It is. I really enjoy it. And for me, the content creation, the streams that I'm doing, they don't feel like a chore to me. I really enjoy finishing work. I look forward to, you know, hopping on stream after work. And I think that's important is as long as I maintain that kind of balance between work and content, you don't lose that passion for the content creation. Um, because the worst thing to happen is just to get burnt out and then it does start feeling like a chore. Yeah, it's been it's been tough to, to kind of get into a routine. It's all very new to me still. And so um, I'm trying to, you know, navigate the balance between work and stream and real life. And especially in the midst of a pandemic, it's a lot easier to dedicate a lot of my free time to to the stream. But I'm sure once things open up again and, and we're out of lockdown, you know, it'll be a, a bit of a readjustment again. But it's good. It's been it's been great. 
it's really interesting because we've spoke to a lot of content creators previously who are have just gone past the stage of quitting their full-time job and going full-time. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting to talk to you who are on the other side of that scale, if you like, who's kind of building up to that. But is that something you want to do? You want to do that full-time? Is that your end goal, really? Yeah, I think that is definitely one of the biggest goals now that I'm looking towards. I don't know what that would look like or when that would be. Um, to me, I still feel so brand new, so noob, for lack of a better word, that I'm still kind of getting used to creating the content and that aspect of things that it's hard for me to even consider what that would look like in the future. Although I think, yeah, I think that's the ultimate goal for quite a few content creators that are working on on building a community and building a a platform. And I think I've done a, a very good job in the last eight months of doing that. And I think that if it continues with this momentum, I'd really like to be full time um, and, and have this as my career. Talks about your gaming history there and your experiences of gaming previously. It's it's a lot different, isn't it, going from like being a casual player to all of a sudden streaming it and playing it and having people watching you, having a lot of people watching you, really, <laughs> when you think about the numbers that you get. What was it that made you make that jump into content creation and streaming? Um, well, actually, my partner had streamed previously. And so he, I, I was kind of familiar with the space. And prior to, prior to him starting, I was actually you know, I was on Twitch, I was watching other creators in the community. And I kind of, I never really considered that I could do that. Um, You know, I've always had, obviously, the interest in in gaming, but the energy and the kind of like, entertaining personality, I guess you could say, um, that would make for potentially something that's enjoyable to watch for others. I mean, I I hope (laughs) people think that. But um, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, I had the exposure to that from from him. And then once we went into lockdown for it's for context, it's we've been in a perpetual lockdown for like the last year and a half. So there's really been nothing to do, especially in the winter when it gets, you know, 40 below zero. Um, you don't go outside. We don't do anything. And so <laughs> I was spending a lot of my time playing video games anyways. And and I figured, you know, there's no better time than now to just, you know, I'm, I'm playing already. I might as well just fire up a stream and, and see what happens. And it kind of just happened really fast. And, <laughs> and now we're here. So... And you're a bit modest before, really. I mean, you've got 13,000 followers on Twitch already, and you joined SAF two months after you started streaming. Two months is such a short <laughs> space of time. Um, were you expecting that, or and how did that come about? No, I wasn't. Honestly, everything that I've been able to achieve up until this point, like it's still mind-blowing to me. Um, it doesn't, it's almost like it doesn't make any sense in my head because looking back eight months ago, you know, I was just a little bit, you know, feel like everyone once, especially once the winter hit, you know, down in the dumps, it's locked down, your life is put on hold. And and so it's kind of been a, an incredible shift from then to now. And even getting that that kind of human interaction by being able to chat with people online essentially um yeah when i think about it 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 makes me like i get very i guess (laughs) at a loss for words because it's crazy to to think how far 
it's come already. But yeah, with Saf, that was great. I mean, Callum reached out to me a couple months in and and I had no I still have no idea uh, to be to be quite honest. Like I, I I'm very I'm still very new to like the administrative side and, and what that looks like from, you know, I can turn on the stream and I can talk to people and play a video game, but but I'm still kind of getting used to what everything looks like on the back end. But uh, yeah, he was he was really supportive and, um, you know, he welcomed me with open arms. And I think Saf has been a really great like support system for me kind of getting into this space and, and helping me throughout the journey from then to now. Yeah, we've spoke to a couple of the guys before and they're, they're an organization with really good morals and really good people as well. And they're very supportive and they've, they've got an academy system now with, with FIFA players where they're trying to, and content mm-hmm. creators as well, where they're trying to build people up to become not only, you know, good FIFA players, but also good round people as well. And to be able to deal with all the stresses and strains that might come under as well. And in terms of SAF, what have they given you in terms of a platform? No, definitely. I mean, they, they, as an organization and as individuals, I mean, they exposed me to new areas of the platform and also new areas of the community that, you know, I wouldn't have maybe been as, like, I probably wouldn't have been as in touch with the pro player side of the platform as, as opposed to the content creation side. And I think, you know, that amongst with my organic growth that I've had from when I started, um, I think it's been a, a really good mix of both. And uh, it's a shame that A, we can't travel and, and B, that I'm in Canada, but I'm excited to see what that, you know, things look like in terms of an organization in the future, once we can kind of get together and, and create content in person and, and, you know, have events that, that are led by pro players and, and things like that. I'm excited to see what the future holds. And what kind of streamers did you watch or content creators did you watch before you got into before you got into the space? Uh, I watched a little bit of everything. I mean, predominantly FIFA um, and a lot of the the bigger the big boys in the community like Pi and Castro. And, you know, I kind of either either having one of them on in the background or I would have something completely different. Like I went through a phase at the beginning of lockdown when Animal Crossing came out and I, I think I clocked like 400 hours on that game. So I was watching Animal Crossing streamers. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really been uh, a lot of different people, but it's it's crazy now to think that, you know, the people that I was watching a year ago, even 12 months ago, three years ago, I, you know, I've now had real life conversations with and, you know, we're developing those kinds of relationships with you know the same people that i looked up to it's the magic of gaming really isn't it i mean we've talked Mm -hmm. about it on previous episodes but you mentioned about the pandemic it's been the same in the uk as well and we've had a lot of lockdowns we've had a lot of restrictions on on us and we haven't been able to see friends and family and stuff but i think gaming even just hopping on warzone party with your friends Mm -hmm. or playing a few games of fifa just gives you that chance to connect with people and i can't even imagine from a a streamer point of view i mean that's just with a couple of friends but when you've got like hundreds and thousands of people watching you playing the game and interacting with you that that's a really nice thing isn't it to happen during what has been a difficult time for for everyone yeah it totally has and i think that is one of like my most appreciated like i feel i feel so grateful for the the relationships that i've created and the people that like I said, it's, it's insane to even think about. And I don't, I don't understand it a lot of the time, but people that tune in every stream and just to, you know, watch me either yell at my screen or, or 
be a little too hyper. You know what I mean? I just, it's, it's crazy. And a lot of these people, you know, I've come to know quite well and keep in touch a lot more. And now, you know, I, I have these connections all over the world and yeah, I think I was the kind of person pre-lockdown, like pre-COVID that was very social. You know, I really enjoyed going out for dinner with my friends or seeing people or even being at the office, um, you know, for my full-time job. And I miss a lot of those things. I think at one point in lockdown, it, it, it really affected me in a lot of ways, um, not having that social interaction and, and not by choice, you know? And so, yeah, being able to kind of start a stream and, and make those relationships online with other people that have similar interests has been a breath of fresh air. It's really funny because now everything's kind of opening back up and the vaccine program is starting to roll out across the world. I've seen a lot of like adverts on the television saying things mm-hmm. like, you know, there's nothing like meeting him face to face and stuff. And I'm thinking, well, you can't you can't go on a plane to Verdansk in real life. You can't. <laughs> Uh, like, you can't do <laughs> that in true. real life and it just gets me thinking like uh, I know obviously that human contact is really important and you know have a barbecue with your friends outside and you know having a meal with people is really important but I think the the fact that people can connect on video games and talk just while you're in a party you don't have to just talk about the game you can talk about your life um, <laughs> and there's definitely a space for that and just because you know lockdown's finishing or lockdown is going to finish at some point it doesn't mean that we can't continue to connect with people you know across the world um, while playing video yeah. games and we've seen people all generations as well you know not not just the younger generation but also the older generation really get into it as well and then like a couple of older I don't want to really call them older generation but <laughs> Uh, I know people in my family bought like VR headsets and stuff where they wouldn't even, you know, consider that. So, yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's great. You know, like we came from, we, well, I was raised anyways, I'm a little bit old, but (laughs) I was raised to like steer clear of making friendships on the internet. You know, you never wanted to share too much or you never wanted to, you could never trust relationships on the internet. And I think that's completely evolved now because, well, A, the, the last year, everything has kind of been online. Um, but B, like, there's a whole new space open with Twitch and with gaming and even, you know, just with party chats. Um, and especially with streaming, I feel you develop these relationships with people by just, you know, being in their stream every day and then, you know, maybe playing one or two or three games of Warzone. And then that turns into a couple more a week. And then these people, you know, you're sharing your your life and having conversations with them more than you are, you know, with some of your own friends in your own city that you had prior to all of this. So, um, I think it's really cool, the versatility and, and the, and the opportunities that Twitch as an online platform and, you know, games along with that has, uh, has opened up in the last few years. And I think, I think we'll see a a huge shift, a huge continual shift in the future too, with, you know, a lot of these relationships developing more like a lot you know what i mean like the platform kind of just developing in order to to create those yeah i think it's really cool 
I think in the the last like two years, um, Twitch has gone from pretty much nothing to everything. And then you know you've got people on yeah. Facebook gaming, you've got YouTube coming up. So obviously, like Doctor Disrespect go to different platforms and like people fighting over different mm-hmm. streams and stuff. I think we've only really scratched <laughs> the surface of of what this industry can be. So it's really exciting to to see what the future holds for it. But I just wanted to touch on as well. I think it's really important to touch on some of the difficulties and challenges you face as well because I know you've been vocal on social media with some of the some of the things that you've had to come up against as well obviously as a as a female content creator getting involved within like fifa games is that something that you've had challenges there when when you've been streaming i mean yes definitely i think that fifa being a predominantly male space um it's almost a guarantee that there would be some you know i guess pushback for lack of a better word everyone that I have met or that I have had had interactions with have been great. Um, and for the most part, I would say like 90%, 95% of the people in the community are amazing. You know, there's no stereotypes or stigmas. And, and if there are, they do their best to, to kind of combat them. But, you know, unfortunately, the, the other five or 10% of opinions <laughs> tend to be very loud and sometimes overpower. And I think, you know, as one of the few female FIFA streamers amongst a few other great ones in the community, it's kind of our our obligation to bring that, I guess, gap to light and, you know, bridge that gap between it being previously predominantly male to, you know, unisex. And there's no reason why there should be gatekeeping of any sort in any video game. And I think that's kind of like the the stance that I have is that there's no reason for it. I just think that there's a long way to go in terms of, you know, building that respect for also women in esports in general, but I guess in our case, specifically FIFA. And some of the things that people say are are nasty. And I think for me, I just kind of want to act. And I think I can speak for the other girls in the community as well. We just want to act as, you know, trailblazers and help bridge this gap so that younger or any, frankly, other um, females or women in esports, specifically FIFA, if they ever wanted to, you know, start the st- start a stream or or play FIFA professionally or whatever the case is, kind of letting them know that anything is possible and it doesn't matter whether it doesn't matter your gender. And I think, yeah, I think it's really important to keep pushing that narrative because some things do need to change and. I think we've made a, a really good step in the right direction. I think even between, you know, eight months ago when I started, there were only a few on the platform. And now already it's probably tripled. You know, I know at least three times more female FIFA streamers of any size that have kind of like come out of the woodwork, which is really great to see. Um, or a lot of organizations are pushing diversity in gaming and, you know, a lot of esports teams and organizations are are pushing to sign more women or have more women women involved in broadcasts or things like that. So yeah, I think we're definitely headed in the right direction, but we have a long way to go. Yeah, I think I think it's great to see and I think you are right. It is it is kind of improving, but I think the conversation just needs to keep happening because you are right. Sometimes it is a minority. When you look on Twitter, it, it might not be like the barometer of overall society Twitter sometimes or mm-hmm. Twitch, <laughs> for example, um as well. But 
I think it, while the minority's there, while there's you know one person spouting nonsense, I think we still need to continue talking about it. And people like yourself are doing that as well. So thank you for for doing that. And um, mm-hmm. I think it's great that that people like yourself and Shauna Games, I know, is, a, is a, another big one that that does content as well. And I think it's just great to see more diversity on Twitter. I don't see I don't see the a negative for that really. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, the more diverse, the better, really, for for the whole industry because if people like yourself start streaming that might trigger you know a younger girl watching thinking i want to do that and that opens up the door for for her later on later on in life yeah exactly at the end of the day both men and women have two hands and 10 fingers and there's no (laughs) gender to determine you know how you use a controller and and i think that's what people just need to remember (laughs) <laughs> with, with with FIFA and for the football community in general, a very strange community. I mean, <laughs> people are very passionate about their particular team, and they're so fixed on the one team, aren't they? And they, the kind of tribalism that emerges from football, particularly that suddenly goes away at World Cups and and Euros. Um, <laughs> when, <laughs> but I mean, even talking about that, like England, we had the players kneeling for Black Lives Matter, and we had booing. And people just don't, people just aren't understanding of that. And I think while these issues are continuing, I think it just needs to be more, the more we can talk about it, the better it will be. But it's, yeah, yeah it's 100%. you're only eight months into your kind of content creation career. So I don't, I don't <laughs> want to put too much pressure on you, but like, have you got any advice for, for people who want to become content creators and, you know, the experiences you've, that you've gone through, is there any kind of advice that you would give them in hindsight, looking back on your career that you wish you'd have known when you started? Well, I think the most important thing, and even for me right now is just to be yourself, um, you know, amongst other things like consistency and perseverance and, you know, just ripping the banding off and starting. I mean, I I thought about it. I talked about it for a year and then didn't do it until one day I just decided to rip the bandaid off and do it. And, and it's been, you know, one of the the greatest decisions that I've made. Um, But in terms of just being yourself, not really caring of caring what other people say or other people's opinions. And, and, you know, now eight months in, I, I, I do find myself struggling with that sometimes because I want to be undeniably myself, but sometimes some of the some of the comments or some of the hate, they, they, you know, they get to you sometimes. And I think it's important to, to kind of just let those slide off your back and still stay true to yourself because that's when you're going to make the best content is when you're being undeniably yourself. Um, and I think that what you said earlier about, um, you know, people getting very passionate about, <laughs> about their opinions or, or whatever the case is, I think, yeah, it's true. And in, in all regards and not just to teams, I think just not allowing people to get under your skin is, is important. And there was some, I always kind of expected some sort of, it's the internet, you know, after all. And so I expected some sort of something and a lot of times, most times I would say that those comments kind of just, I'm like, haha, okay. You know, but there are a few that have gotten under my skin and, and yeah, so that's advice that I would give. I think the more yourself you are, the more you put yourself out there, the more opportunities come to you. I also think it's really important to, you know, also pay it forward to other, other creators in the community. I think you can, you can learn a lot from other 
streamers or other creators and you know you can like like we spoke about before make really great friendships and so yeah i think that's a mouthful but <laughs> that's advice that i would give <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much and you you mentioned there about the internet and it, you're right we do kind of expect there to be at least someone who's not going to be happy with 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 our work you know mm-hmm. we all we all um, anyone listening i suppose have had some kind of negative reaction on the internet for something they've post whether it be on twitter or facebook or reddit or any kind of social media platform but do you, do you think that that's acceptable because do you, do you think social media organizations and streaming platforms are doing enough to stop that in your opinion do you think they could be doing more to, to help streamers i i definitely don't think they're doing enough on every platform um i think that a lot of platforms you know express that they do their best to to combat you know any sort of comments or hate whether it be discriminatory you know racism sexism things like that um or anything I think that there is a, a long way to go. I, I don't think that's acceptable um, to the extremes, like any sort of racism, any sort of sexism um, or anything else, homophobia, all of it. I just, that's on, on any, no matter which way you spin it, it's not acceptable. Um, but with that said, I think that there are always, no matter what you do, going to be the trolls behind their screen that, you know, won't agree with you you won't win whatever you say it's going to be like people create these accounts just to be trolls and so that's unavoidable and that's hard to manage i think from a from a social media platform with that regard but with the 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 regards of you know the discriminatory comments and things like that i i i don't see why people need like i if i was the president of a or the CEO of a social media platform, one comment would would have them off the platform forever. Like, in my opinion, that's just deservable of a ban and no second chance. Anyways. <laughs> no, yeah. I agree. I mean, if you if you went to a restaurant chain and, you know, you said something discriminatory or, you know, bigoted or you were racist or whatever, you might be banned mm-hmm. from that restaurant chain for life. So why why exactly. is it any different in exactly. on the internet? And I suppose the, yep. the answer to that is the social media platforms would lose people on the platform and they want as many people yep. on the platform as possible. Mate. I, I'm, I'm being, <laughs> I think that's probably yep. the reason why yep. they don't block them. No, I, I agree. And that's why I think there's definitely a long way to go, you know, like obviously with other people that I know in the community, regardless of race, gender, um, I know they, a lot of them have experienced racist comments, um, other sexist comments the whole nine yards and yeah i don't think in any in any regard that's acceptable um it's an immediate ban in my account in my stream and i'd imagine in others and uh yeah i think it should be and i think that's the only way that that we're going to bridge the gap between where we are now and where we can be is kind of you know putting our foot down with that stuff and letting people know that it's not acceptable otherwise the people that have said it once are going to say it again and they don't reap any repercussions and so what would stop them and so that's that's the bridge that needs to be gapped absolutely and the good thing about twitch is you can decide who to watch so if you don't want to watch someone don't you don't have to watch them the option is there Mm -hmm. to watch someone else and you know if you if you watch someone just to say negative things then just don't do it what don't you Mm -hmm. wouldn't just stop doing it i think yeah 
it'll never make sense to me. Um, even yeah. like the very, the very minor, you know, internet trolls that are just like rude or frustrating or annoying for their own entertainment. It'll never make sense. I don't have, <laughs> I don't know why people have the time to be doing those things, but, um, yeah, I think, I think in that regard, the like minor encounters, those are unavoidable on the internet. And I think most people have an expectation of what to expect when they kind of, you know, put their life on the internet. And so I definitely didn't expect the amount of sexist comments that I get. Um, it's definitely, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised, but I, it was unexpected to this extent, but the everyday kind of like banter that's maybe taken a bit too far that I expected. Did did that increase when you started playing FIFA? Did you know? Did you notice a, a difference? Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> when I kind of like when I started streaming, I haven't really. I don't think I have played any other game on stream, and so you know, my community is predominantly FIFA based or FIFA related, and yeah, I just think like I like I had touched on previously because female FIFA players in the FIFA space are so new, I guess, for lack of a better word, it's an opportunity for these people to to troll. So, yes, definitely. Yeah, I think some people are just living in the dark ages, really, in terms of, you know. Yeah. I mean, we've we've seen over the last few years, like, women's football has grown massively uh, across the world on all platforms. And we're seeing younger people get involved in football, uh, men and women, more than ever because of, you know, mm -hmm. they've been able to watch Hopefully the next mm -hmm. generation will be kinder than than this one for hoping. Yes. <laughs> um, with the you know, the exposure of that. But even with the challenges that you've faced, like you said, you've you've grown massively to thirteen thousand Twitch followers in only eight months. You you're you're with SAF an amazing organization, so they haven't really stopped you doing that, which must be a nice feeling for you, the fact that you've got that many people who follow you and you've got that many supporters uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's it's still, you know, crazy. Um, I can't believe that <laughs> that many people, you know, it, I can't believe that we've managed to grow our community that quickly um, in such a short amount of time. And still, I, I say on stream from time to time, like, it doesn't make sense to me fully. Like, people want, will sit there for, you know, my entire stream for five hours and watch me and, and be active in the chat. You know, my mods will be there every stream. And like one of my mods, a few of my mods are, are overseas in the UK or in Europe and, and they're in there, you know, five hours. And sometimes it's obviously a five to six hour time difference and it's three, four, 5 a.m. for them. And no matter what, they're there every stream. And so it blows my mind. It blows my mind to think that people are willing to do that in general, but, you know, that people enjoy just watching me kind of <laughs> just be myself on stream, I guess it's, it's crazy. And um, I'm really excited to see kind of, you know, what the future holds and, and where this can go. But um, yeah, if anything, like the, the, the slight negativity that there is sometimes in the community with regards to, you know, just trolls in general or, sexism i think it's just fueling it's just motivating because my goal eventually is to be one of the trailblazers of women in fifa and uh you know eventually be able to 
be an elite player and show other women that it's possible to, you don't even necessarily have to be good at the game um, to play the game. And again, I think that that's the stigma that there is, you know, there are hundreds and hundreds. I think the average male FIFA player is, you know, silver one, gold three around there. And so the narrative is different, obviously when it's women. And so, yeah, long story short, just to, to kind of, push forward and, and eventually be one of the trailblazers once there is equality in the FIFA space. I think it's it's incredible um what you've done in this in this short period. And I was just looking at your your Twitch now and on one of your foot champs streams, I think it's three days ago now. I don't know if you've had more than this, so apologies if I've got like a low number <laughs> that it, but at one point you had like nine and a half thousand people watching your stream um at the same time. And if you just think mm-hmm. about the if you if you just think about that, if you're listening now, um, listener, uh, if you're listening to this and you imagine that there's nine and a half thousand people behind you watching what you're doing, that is a lot of people. How does that register with you that that many people are uh, are watching you play FIFA? It's like when you think about it, it's insane. <laughs> it's definitely crazy. I mean, you know, when I think that was probably a a raid that came in maybe from castro or 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 i think it was pie but regardless um any amount of people is insane even a hundred people and you know now i'm averaging around 200 and even that is crazy even 10 people to to think that 10 people just want to watch me you know um i think i've gotten used to or got more comfortable with just being (laughs) visible to the public, essentially. Um, I was always kind of comfortable, I guess you could say, with public speaking and, and all those kinds of things. I'm very outgoing, I guess. I'm a people person, I suppose. And so I was never phased or intimidated by being in front of people or in front of so many people. However, at the beginning, like when I was starting, it was, it was, it took some getting used to because you don't want to, you know, at first you don't want to say the wrong thing and you don't want to, you know, mess up or you don't want to like trip over your words. And now you just kind of embrace it. You know, that's what makes me, me and people appreciate that now. And I, it's great. It's incredible to think about. And I suppose the next stage for you, like we were saying before, is that crossover between you're doing this when you're working full time as well, which is amazing. So how close are you that for that crossover going to streaming full time? How close are you to that crossover? I don't know. It's hard to say because I've seen some people in the community that have made that crossover sooner. And I think for me, you know, being where I am at in my life and thinking about doing that, I would definitely want to give it a little longer. Um, I don't want to make any <laughs> rash decisions or impulsive decisions, but I think, you know, it, it could definitely be plausible in the near future. I would say within the next maybe, you know, a couple of years, I think it, it would just depend on on how this next year goes. I'm with FIFA 22 coming out and the interest, I think a lot of people now are, are less <laughs> interested, you could say yeah, for lack yeah. of a better word in the game at this point of the year. And, and so um, it'll be interesting to see, to see what happens in the fall during the launch of FIFA 22, but, uh, and in like a post COVID world, what that would look like with regards to, you know, other opportunities that might come up. But yeah, um, I would definitely, so I'm 28. 
And if I, if I could make the transition before I'm 30, between now and when I turn 30, I think that would be a very great accomplishment. Um, but I, I'm not going to put any pressure on myself. I just think, you know, continuing to just do what I enjoy and, and make good content and keep doing what I'm doing. I think, you know, once, once we get to that point, we get there, but maybe we won't, you know, I hope we will, but you I'm never sure know. You will. So. I'm sure you will. I think you're being very <laughs> diplomatic with the, with your answers. Uh, I'm sure you will. Let's talk about FIFA then, because you mentioned people aren't interested. I, I do get that vibe as well recently with the content. <laughs> I mean, if we talk about team of the season, because it's just finished uh, on Friday, it started okay, didn't it? With the community team of the season and the EFL, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, this is all right, I suppose. And then the Premier League was the Premier League team of the season. The content around that was like, oh, what, what what's going on here? And then, the, <laughs> and then La Liga team of the season was amazing. The content, mm-hmm. and then. What happened then? Just, I mean, just in yeah. your words, what 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 do you make of the the promo? The the content guy, he went on vacation definitely after La Liga. He was <laughs> he was like booking his vacation during Premier League talks, and then and then he was gone. He was out of office by the time uh, La Liga was over. Um, yeah, I think it's disappointing. You know, there were so many missed opportunities. I think with even SBCs and. Um, I would have liked to see a lot more. I would have liked to see a, a Jesse Lingard SBC, a, a few other in Premier League tots. I think La Liga primarily. I would have liked to see Tony Cruz, Modric, a lot of other potential, you know, if not first team, team of the season, definitely like various SBCs throughout the week, even though La Liga was some of the best. And then, yeah, afterwards, I just, I was expecting a lot more. And uh, it's disappointing, but... I was able to upgrade my team a little bit, so we can't complain too much, I suppose. And I'm hoping <laughs> that this just means that there's going to be really, really great, you know, summer heat, Euro content, something else to to kind of reel people back in before before FIFA 22. Yeah, when I, when I first started covering FIFA content, I always used to try and look for a reason and look for the logic behind decisions around content and things. And I, I've given up that now. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really understand. I don't understand it at any point. So it, yeah, it's it's just kind of fizzled out really. And um, I am doing an article at the moment that hasn't gone out yet, but by the time this episode has gone out, it should be out. So I think I'm okay to say it. But I've talked to a number of people in the industry and. PES 2021 is the official video game of the Euro 2020 tournament. And they have exclusivity for that tournament is my understanding, which means that FIFA, because obviously FIFA, they have the FIFA competitions like the World Cup, for example, and the Club World Cup and stuff like that. My understanding is that EA Sport would not be able to do a Euro mode or a, a euro promo they would have to call it something completely different and it would have to be something completely separate from everything mm. which which worries me um, because that's mm-hmm. what i thought was that's what i thought they were kind of say building towards a bit because at fifa 18 we had the free update to the world cup 2018 and then we had the mm-hmm. foot world cup mode where we had like a complete revised chemistry system we had new icons we had like the team of the tournament and we had loads of cool cards and stuff that will just not be happening um for the euro so uh, sorry to everyone listening uh, but that's just, <laughs> it just won't be happening um did you, I don't know if you knew that already or you were expecting something. I, I think I knew that, that Pez had the rights, but I don't think I, I 
correlated the two until just right now. So viewers, <laughs> you're just as disappointed as I am. <laughs> I am very uh, disappointed. But I mean, like you mentioned there, Summer Heat was such a massive thing last year during uh, the the pandemic um, and everyone was locked down and stuff and they, they were very, really generous with the content. So maybe they'll do a, another Summer Heat promo, but try and link it to the Euros in some way, but not mm-hmm. say it's linked. I think that might be an option for them. Hmm. But uh, some something's got to come surely this this summer particularly with what's happened with with team of the season i don't think they would leave the content on that promo i just i don't i don't know again i'm looking for logic when i shouldn't be but i don't know what your <laughs> thoughts on that are <laughs> um yeah i think it's it's probably necessary especially before i mean i'm no marketer but i would say before the release of fifa 22 it would probably make sense to to release some really great content that that is appealing to viewers or or fifa players in general I'm hoping, I'm really hoping they do some sort of maybe, you know, like the, what promo was it? Headliners, where it was kind of related to the Premier League and with however many goals. Or, yeah, the upgrades uh, based on certain metrics. The upgrades, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I guess they wouldn't be able to do, you know, road to the final per se. Um, well, or maybe they could. I don't know. They'll have to call it something completely Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they'll just call it something different. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, definitely. It will but, be. I'm sensing some sort of dynamic card i feel like they will there will be i'll call it now (laughs) i think maybe there'll be some sort of card this is my prediction there'll be a card in relation to the euros somehow that upgrades whether it's you know like the what if cards upgraded too didn't they they did yeah yeah so it'll be like that or like headliners or maybe some sort some spin on road to the final that's my prediction predict there we go you heard it here first yeah everyone listen but (laughs) I mean, what have you what have you thought of FIFA 21 in general? Because I've seen a lot of different views on the game from when it first came out to now. What what are your overall thoughts on it as a as a gaming experience? Um, I mean, for me, well, I feel both sides. I feel the the pain that a lot of the FIFA community is feeling. Um, I think as a whole, content has been a lot better this year than it has in previous years. Um, I know it it was kind of a lull in the last few weeks and that's unfortunate, but I think, you know, there were a lot of different things that were kind of introduced this year. Um, I don't, have we had anything kind of like showdown cards before? I'm not, I'm not sure we have. And so, yeah, I think content in general has been decent. Gameplay has not been great, um, specifically next gen gameplay. And so I think that's definitely an area for opportunity next year. However, with all of that in mind, for me, I'm not I'm not a pro player. I play the game for fun. And my focus this year has just been improving. So I've still managed to keep some sort of, I guess, passion, for lack of a better word, for the game. Because every week I go into foot champs and I just want to get better. Like I just want to improve. And so I have that little bit of motivation that still pushes me to play the game. But yeah with with gameplay and stuff i have i'd have to agree i mean there's some things that happen that just make absolutely no sense and, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so i'm really hoping that there are some improvements there for next year but yeah and then hopefully upgrading you know i i bought a ps5 i got it on release day i was really fortunate really lucky to find one but i don't use <laughs> i don't use the PS, ps5 version that has all the cool upgrades it has the uh the dynamic like celebrations in the 90th minute it has like the i forget what it's called on the controller but um 
yeah, and I don't use it because that gameplay is horrendous. <laughs> so, yeah, some upgrades overall with gameplay, I think, would be ideal. Yeah, we, we spoke to a few um, FIFA pros in the course of, of this podcast. We, I was talked to like Hashtag Tom and MS Dasari, Shells, Ryan Pessoa, um, and mm-hmm. a few more. Sorry if I've, I've left anyone out. Um, and their view on it, and you can understand their view, is that if they're competing for money and it's their livelihood, then randomness shouldn't happen. Uh, yes. But in football, randomness is pretty much everywhere because it's uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of variables and strange things do happen in football matches. Things happen all the yeah. time that you can't explain. So where do you mm-hmm. sit on on that? Because EA have got to make a game that casual players will play and think, oh, yeah, this is like football. This is a football experience. But also, if you've got a pro scene where a pro might miss out on 25 grand because, you know, a rebound goes directly to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Where do you stand on that? Well, I, I I would agree. And I think that there's randomness and then there's like, you know, AI movement and AI response. And I think the game has turned more towards that that side, like the AI side with AI defense and AI and deflections and, and AI blocks and things like that. I think that to some extent it's required to make a video game, but yeah, I think there are just some things that are, are, are too random that just don't make sense. Um, especially, you know, if you're doing all the right things and then with that kind of snowball off of that, the mechanics of the game every year, obviously there are metas but I think this year, for me, they've been exploited and, and the mechanics have been abused more than ever before. So with regards to through balls and, and, and center back or fullbacks at center back and the whole nine yards, I think that those kinds of things could be easily adjusted. And I don't necessarily think, I don't know, I, I, again, it's, an, it's, it's very subjective, but there's a clear concise different i mean the game has always been the game like the game of fifa has always been similar there's always been some sort of meta you know whether it's crosses or whether it's through balls this year or whatever the case is and we're not going to avoid that however there's no reason that this year all of these things have been introduced like last year or the year before whenever time finishing was introduced no one used it and then I don't even know, did they take it off this year? I don't think they did, but no one, it's disabled for most people because most people don't yeah, use it. Yeah. So I think just finding the evil, well, I'm not a developer, so I don't exactly know <laughs> how it's created, but finding the balance between, you know, mechanics that are useful and, and AI movement and AI like responsiveness that makes sense versus things that can eventually be exploited to the maximum degree. And I think that's where, for me anyways, this year, it's been the deflections and the rebounds. Yeah. Um, it happens in real life, of course, but not to this extent. <laughs> and so yeah. um, some of the AI movement, even with runs and stuff, like when my players are making runs, it chooses the, not the clear path, but it chooses something completely different. And uh, I think it's those kinds of things that need freshening up. Although, you know, like this game was developed and released in the midst of a pandemic to to cut them some slack and so hopefully this year now that everything is kind of evolving back to normal um they can spend a little more time and money on 
adjusting those mechanics and developing a good game, hopefully. Yeah, and the next gen uh, version didn't even come out till December, so yeah, you know, maybe maybe it was a bit rushed. I don't. It's hard to say, isn't it? FIFA twenty two is coming up soon. Like you said, they've had more time maybe to develop it. It'll be the first real next gen game. Mm-hmm. Might not be. I don't. I don't know. We don't know if it's going to be a new engine or not. We don't know that yet, but it possibly might be. So we'll just have to wait. I think EA plays soon anyway. So I think we'll get the first look at that um, in a couple of weeks' mm-hmm. time. But pff, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. And I wouldn't be, want to be the person deciding which which way to go with it. Let's yep. hope for a better FIFA 22 anyway. I think Agreed. we can say that. An improved FIFA 22. Not like FIFA yes. 21 was overly bad. There were some good things about it. But every year should be an improvement, really, um, yep. if you look at a game cycle. So let's hope for for better things. But uh, Leah, re- I really appreciate you spending this much time on the podcast and speaking to you about your experiences. And I really appreciate it, honestly. How can people find you if they're not if they're not following you already and they're not looking at your Twitch already? How can people find you? They can find me at Leah Ravel on all socials, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch and YouTube. And thank you so much. I I uh, yeah, very handy. (laughs) I got very lucky. (laughs) Um, But no, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, it was great. No, it's my pleasure. And I mean, you don't need it. Uh, because you've done so well in the last eight months but best of luck with everything for the future amazing thank you so much i appreciate that thank you for listening to level up the esports and gaming show make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave us a rating and review you can also follow us on twitter at level up pod where you'll find all of our previous episodes and information about how to subscribe We'll be back with a brand new episode very soon.